Hey, we are in a series called Life-Altering Prayer. Life-Altering Prayer. And uh, we've been in it for a couple weeks, and some of you have been here for the last couple weeks. You're like, really? I'm not sure it could be called Life-Altering Prayer. Maybe something more like the character of God or something. Like, we've been going through God's love and God's wisdom, and today is God's power. And really, is that the best name, Tim? And uh, yeah. That's exactly the best name, because I'm telling you, before you can have a powerful prayer life, you must know who you're praying to, okay? We don't lean on what we think won't hold us. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we believe it's going to crumble or collapse, then forget it. And so the first part of this, the first three weeks of this series is really, let's make sure we understand the greatness of our God, the vastness of our God. That's what we're talking about. And so over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been walking through that. Pastor Steve started us with the love of God, and God wants the best for us, and His love, like we can't be separated from it if we lean on Him, if we call Him our Savior, if we trust in Him and His shed blood on the cross, it is for eternity that His love is watching over us, and what a great promise. And last week, Shane, bringing the truth of God's wisdom, he knows everything. He knows everything. So when we come to Him in prayer, let's not come trying to inform Him, right? Somehow we get the impression God needs our help in that. And maybe we should just come saying, Lord, I know you know everything. And, and so here's my narrowed view, but what is your vast view? And, and today we're going to be looking at God's power. So a question for you. How many of you have a, don't worry about answering this publicly, no raised hands or whatever, just answer privately. How many of you have a powerful, active prayer life? I can tell you this, if we only pray on pray to whom we think we can lean on, and you're not having an active prayer life, somehow, in some way, your God's too small. He's bigger than you think He is. There's something to get a hold of with Him, something to grab onto, to be amazed with and in awe with, and and God, what am I missing that I'm not coming to you and dropping to my knees in all-changing prayer? That's what life-altering prayer is, is let's grasp the greatness of God. So today we're going to grasp His power. Are you ready? Okay. Today we're going to grasp the greatness of God. And we're going to grasp His power. Are you ready? All right. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, and let's get going. we got the ushers coming forward. They've got Bibles in their hands, so if you need a Bible, just raise your hand and they'll get one to you, okay? Raise your hand, they'll get one to you. Ephesians 3, verse 14 is where we're starting. So how do I respond to this God who has all power? First, on your knees. His power strengthens your inner being. On your knees. His power strengthens your inner being. We'll start in verse 14. He says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is is, uh, named. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. For this reason. Now, every time you see one of those kinds of statements, make sure you look back and check it out. Okay. For what reason? What's he talking about? And so I go back to the prior few verses. We go to verse seven. It says of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power to me. 
though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And then he goes through a little bit more detail on that. Paul has a calling. And his calling is to make sure that they find the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. For this reason, okay, I bow my knees. Now, know this. We hear the word, I bow my knees, and we think, right, that's how you pray. Like you get on your knees, and, and when you're really in earnest prayer, you, you, you pray from your knees. And we might even picture a little child next to a bed, and, and they've got their hands folded a certain way. And right, that's something that's happened in our culture. Let me just tell you, in Jewish culture, prayer looked a lot more like this. You would actually be in a moment of focus, hands together, standing up, with emotion going on. The movement was supposed to keep you focused, like the most earnest prayers were moving. And, and Lord, I'm right here with you, and may you be about, and I want you to be honored in this moving going on. Hands might go behind you. Same thing, though. You're moving. When he says, I bow my knees, the Jewish hearer would have gone, whoa. Like, what just happened? And literally, if you look at the original language, it's basically saying, my knees were buckled and I dropped where I was. I so long for this that I was on my knees for you. That's what we're supposed to be hearing in it, okay? Not just, oh, Paul's going to pray. It's not that. It's, there's this deep sense of earnestness in this prayer. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, before the Father, not before a Father, not before my Father, before the Father. Definite article, there is one, the God of the universe, the one in charge of everything over all of creation, the Father. I went to him. And by the way, he's using the word Father. And again, in the Jewish community, they were just being taught to use the word Father from the time of Christ. Before that, they were using, well, the personal name of God was Yahweh. They actually were to never put it on their lips because if you accidentally used it in the wrong way, you might be taking the Lord's name in vain. And so every time they came near using his personal name, they would switch and they would throw the word Lord in there. Okay? And so they would often pray to Lord. They would pray to God. They would pray to the Creator. They would pray to the Almighty. But calling him Father? Like this was beginning to switch it into a very personal, relational, familial connection. And Paul is saying, I was praying to the one of great relationship. The Father. What about the Father? Notice he says right after it, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Now, it's not exactly clear what's going on with this phrase, but I'll tell you this. He's basically saying, God the Father is the model for all families other. I don't believe this actually means that everyone is to be calling him Father. It's kind of missing the point if you say that. There's actually a relationship going on that's connected to him as we take Christ as our personal Savior. But he is saying there's a model taking place. That, that every family has a model of Father. The Father. And, and every family everywhere understands family. And, and I'm talking to the head of the family. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what he's talking about. He's, he's saying, get the connection of who God is. That's who I'm praying to. And he's buckled for you. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. 
that according to the riches of his glory, like this father is so wealthy. He is so wealthy and he is lavishing out from his wealth upon us. His riches just pouring over. In the book of Ephesians, this is the fifth time he uses the phrase, the riches of. Like Paul is excited about what God has to pour out on you and me. The riches of God's glory. The riches of God's glory. And it says that he may grant you now, here we go, to be strengthened with power. Strengthened with power. The word strengthened means to be made able to do something you could not otherwise do. Okay? Let that settle for a moment. Strengthened. To be made able to do something you could not otherwise do. It's really important we get that down because otherwise it's like, I've got this. I could do this. I don't really need you at all, thank you. If you want to come along for the ride, God, that would be great. But I could handle it alone. You see, if that's what strengthened means, is I could actually do it on my own, well then really, God's the one who's in the sidecar and we're the one driving. And that's not at all what's going on. He's saying, look, this strengthened, it means you could not even possibly begin to understand how, let alone be able to do what you could do with God's power. But once God's power is poured upon you, man, the sky's the limit. I'm telling you, you will be able to go places with God Almighty that you could never go alone. That you might be strengthened with God at the helm. He says, strengthened with his power. Strengthened with his power. I just wrote this phrase, this uh, quote down. Good quote about God's power. Power. Uh, how vain God's eternal commands would be if power did not step in to execute. Without power, his mercy is feeble pity. His promises, an empty sound. His threats, a mere scarecrow. God's power is like himself. Infinite, eternal, incomprehensible. It cannot be checked. It cannot be restrained. It will not be frustrated. God's power. God is so able to do whatever needs to be done. Amen? Hey, that's what we're talking about is let's trust in the power of the almighty God, the one who can do anything. Well, how in the world does his power get to us? How does this work? And notice what it says that we are strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner being through his spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit unleashing upon you everything you need. He guides, he convicts, he shapes, he changes, he challenges, he transforms the Holy Spirit, his glory, right? Second Corinthians chapter three, pouring over you is the very change you will experience without the spirit. No change with the spirit, every change possible under the sun. Our God is so amazing. You know, the challenge is always this. We've probably heard the question before, but how many of you would have a different life today or yesterday if the Holy Spirit actually did not do any work? I mean, is it possible that our lives would be exactly the same? 
because we never let the Holy Spirit do anything in our lives and we never lean upon him and we never actually ask of him and we just do all of the human effort ourselves. And it turns out 90 some percent of what we do is just me. Well, then we're missing out on Paul's great prayer here that we might be strengthened to achieve what we could never achieve alone. If we can look back and go, I could do that all the time in my sleep, we're missing out. Like if we can look back and say every single struggle I went through and every single temptation of the day and every single moment of knowing exactly where I should go and what I should say, yeah, I could do that same thing any day in my sleep. Well, then we're missing out on the power of the Holy Spirit changing us. It's time for us to say, Lord, what do you want done? Not what do I want done? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to be about that you might get the greater glory? How do you want me responding that you might be strengthening me to accomplish your glory? It's through his spirit that the greatest change occurs. And then notice it says, in your inner being. This is that place also called the heart. This is that place where we want, this place where we will, this place where we think, this place where we desire. This is the very inner essence of you that longs for and goes after. That thing is what's actually being changed and shaped. When we say we're strengthened by the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean that I can go out and now bench press an extra 39 pounds. It doesn't mean that. It might mean that if you have never benched anything and you start trying to bench, but it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is just all of a sudden going to give you physical strength. It means something about internal strength, something about fortitude and endurance, something about patience and right. It's where the fruit of the spirit actually works is at the center of my soul. Lord, may you go to work right there. Hey, he set up shop and it says under construction. Slow down and go 35 miles an hour. The tickets are amazing if you don't do that. Right? Let's make sure we actually let God work where he wants to be working. Well, what's his goal? What's the purpose? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that Christ may dwell. This word dwell actually means to take up comfortable residence. Like to make it homey. Okay? How many of you have seen the show Hoarders? Have you seen that? I've watched about nine minutes five times. I can't watch it. Like I'm watching and I, I see all this stuff that they're literally walking on in the home because the person collects everything and I get the, the willies. I get the creeps out of it and I have to just change. I change the channel and then I start cleaning up the house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're like, change to something else and what's this doing here and what's that and put it all away and like... Hoarding, unfortunately, it's what so many of our hearts look like. And quite frankly, it's not a very homey place for Christ to reside. What God's really saying here is, hey, the Holy Spirit's coming in, and he is like this unbelievable cleaning crew who's going to come in and help set up shop, clean the place up, and make it a great home for Christ to dwell in. Nicely ordered, everything clean, the kind where at the end of the day you come in and it just sort of makes you want to go, oh, let's just relax. Making a place where Christ can dwell through faith. So what is it that our role is? 
timely, isn't it? <laughs> to be excited. That's what our job is. Through faith to say, Lord, come. Lord, be a part of. I want to cooperate with you. May you be at work and may I cooperate. My faith, your power. Clean home for Christ. That's our job. On our knees to let him begin to work. Lord, I see you, I know you, and I long for you to go after a change in me. You know, uh, my mom uh, has been having some knee problems this past few months. And uh, actually, past few years, but it got really bad in the past few months. And uh, so she's done a, a variety of treatments. I won't even go into all of it, but let's just say this. The exercising, the stretching, the various uh, meds over the counter and all that stuff did nothing. Okay? And, uh, all right, I'm just going to tell you one. Did you know this? When the cartilage is missing in your knee, I didn't plan this, so here we go. When the cartilage is missing in your knee, they decide to replace the cartilage. And so one place you can get cartilage is from the comb of a chicken. I'm not kidding you. You take the comb of the chicken and you puree it, and then you inject it into the knee. Have you ever heard of this? Okay, and some people have gone through this. So who's the guy who tried that first? That's all I want to know. <laughs> That's all I'm asking. I'm, you know, a guy's like, why not puree a chicken head? Somebody had to go, not me, dude, not me. Right? I don't, whatever, the side piece. But, so my mom is getting these, her knees looked at, and, and they decided knee surgery is what's needed, knee replacements, okay? And, and it's like, but if only when it really begins to hurt. And so she's going through this problem of the chicken stuff being injected into her knee and not going well and really starting to hurt. And it goes through several months of excruciating pain to the point where at the end, she literally could not walk more than a couple hundred feet without needing to sit down. She was constantly taking painkillers to try to get through it. And so they went and did the knee replacement. Okay. So they did the knee replacement about three weeks ago and I call her up afterwards and I'm talking to her and I'm just saying, so how'd it go? Where are we at? And she goes, you know, craziest thing all the pain is gone and with what you know they do to your knee and the things they've pounded in and the stuff they've and it just doesn't hurt and I hear my dad in the background go it's the Vicodin right <laughs> and I said, but you know what over the next couple of days she gets up and she's walking around and she's moving and the knee is not hurting and I'm talking to her again several days later and she says Tim I cannot believe I waited months through that excruciating pain when this is what I could have had. And, and that's what Paul's saying. He's saying, I'm telling you the stuff you're going through and the excruciating pain and the ridiculousness and the, and the ineffectiveness and I've got something so much better for you. I'm longing this for you. On your knees, may the Holy Spirit strengthen you with all power. May you be rocked to the core. May you experience nothing like this ever before. And may it always be getting bigger. God at work in you. May you see God like you've never seen him before. Amen? Amen. The power of God at work in our lives. So question, where are you at today with letting God strengthen you? What are the struggles? What are the day-to-day -day pains? 
And are you letting him shape you? It's time to hand it over to him. It's time to let his Holy Spirit begin to transform. That God might get the greater glory. Number one, on our knees. Number two, with an open mind. His power brings comprehension of his love. With an open mind, his power brings comprehension of his love. Notice this continuing sentence. Paul is notorious for run-on sentences, right? So here we go. We're in the middle of verse 17, and we're continuing a run-on sentence. So we'll just get a running start here. Verse 17 starts out. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Here we go. Next point. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth and length and height and depth? That you being rooted and grounded in love. Rooted. A gardening term for extreme stability, right? You want those roots to go deep. Grounded. It's a construction term. It's talking about a firm foundation. That you having this awesome, stable, strong foundation. Where did it come from? Uh, In love. It's God's care for you. As he's poured over you, as he's protected you, as you lean on him, may that firm foundation provide for you. Well, notice this. It brings more than just the change that the Holy Spirit brings. It says right after it, that you may have strength now to comprehend. There's something that's going to change in my thinking. Like as we begin to walk with God and let him work, something begins to alter in our thinking, in our wanting, in our doing, in our being. Lord, change what I comprehend. It says here, with all the saints. And it's really important we grasp this. This is not what it's saying. That one here and one there and one over here and one over there and they all individually have somehow comprehended and I guess collectively then we all as saints have comprehended. It's not that. It's that one understands and shares. And another understands and shares. And the multiple understanding and sharing. And more and more understanding and sharing. And the testimonies we share, whether it be in our impact groups or as we're out with friends talking or on a Sunday morning in the hallway or wherever, tell the story of God at work with you. And as we celebrate God working in us, guess what starts to happen? We all together begin to understand we literally start to get to say, oh, I get it, right? That's what he's talking about, to be able to comprehend with all the saints. Celebration, when we're doing our baptisms up here and story after story of God at work, when we're showing a video of stories of God at work, that's why we do that, that we might be able to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and length and depth and height, that we might be able to say, Oh, I get it. Go ahead. Try it with me. Ready? Oh, yeah. That's what you need to be saying on a regular daily basis. God help me be able to say that about you. That's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm longing for. Oh, it's been a long time since I've had one of those, Tim. Well, then let's go back to square one, get on our knees and start saying, Lord, may you strengthen me because this is a progressive thing that's being shown. Strengthen me. And then help me to comprehend with all the saints. Now notice it says, what is the breadth and length and height and depth? Breadth and length and height and depth. You know, like the the all of it. 
the, the out, the in, the up, the down, the all around, right? That's all he's saying. The, every aspect of it known. And now if you actually look in the original language, it just says breadth and length and height and depth. It does not say of what, okay? But it does continue and say, and to know the love of Christ. So notice it says to comprehend and to know. Kind of two different ways to say the same thing. And I think what's really happening here is it's saying uh, breadth and length and height and depth of the love of Christ. And to know the love of Christ, then he goes on, that surpasses knowledge. He's saying, I want you to be able to know it, and I want you to be able to know it deeply. Know what? The very love of Christ. Him at work in you. Him at work in this world. Him sacrificing for all. Lord, may I be so rocked by your love that nothing is processed the same ever again. That's what we're talking about. May I go to work tomorrow with a completely different viewpoint. Because Christ loves me. Christ loves this world and he's longing to reach out. May tomorrow morning be completely different now because I'm seeing you at work. Lord, work within me and strengthen me and prepare me as I go out. May I live completely different for you. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Strengthen to be able to know and comprehend. Notice it says to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. To know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And... and um, you know, I just wrote this down about the love of Christ. Self-sacrificing, others benefiting, power unleashing action. That's love. It's not some feeling Christ has that we're talking about. Jesus got a warm fuzzy. Like, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about action, involved, engaged, his power unleashed. You cannot talk about Christ's love without talking about Christ's power. Not possible. His love is shown in his power expressed. Okay? Christ's love is Christ's power expressed. And I love this paradox that Paul puts out. That you may know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Catch that. That you might know what's beyond knowing. Are you hearing it? Paul's like, there's no way to experience this except by the divine. And even then, I can't explain it. It's like the unknowable. It's so awesome. And, and I'm just hoping for you that the very power of God Almighty unleashed in your life, that the love of God displayed, that the wisdom of God displayed, takes you to a spot where you are so confident in Him that you can't help but go, Oh, I get it. That's what He's about. That's what Paul's praying for. That they may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Filled with all the fullness of God. Uh, this is spirit controlled. That's what filled means. Spirit controlled. That you'd know him deeply and passionately. That you would be able to say, uh-oh, I'm drifting from God right now. I'm so close to him that when I'm beginning to drift, I know it. 
I can just sense it and I need to get off of me or this thing or this problem or whatever and I need to get back with him. Lord, help me be so close to you that being apart from you is something I dread and I immediately sense. Lord, may I be empowered by your Holy Spirit. What an amazing privilege we have to know him and you know, I was just talking to my wife on the phone as she was driving up this morning to pick up Megan. And we were talking through this verse that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Let that settle. Filled with all the fullness of God. God, me, filled with all the fullness of God. Are you kidding? How does that work? And, and, and we don't exactly know, but I can tell you this. He's saying that God might absolutely blow you away with who he is. And here's the catch. This is one big giant run-on sentence that's connected. So let's not lose it. We jump to the end and we're like, I'll take a little of that. But it started with, Lord, may your Holy Spirit be changing me. And as you strengthen me, then I will also be able to know you and the depths of your love and the breadth of your love and the height of your love. And as I know that, Lord, we hear you. Wow. That was an unbelievable bolt of lightning and thunder, huh? That God might rock us to the core. I don't know. He's demonstrating something. Somebody in here, wake up. I'm telling you, we have a God of power and authority. And he changes us. And as we're changing, we get to know him. And as we get to know him, we love him all the more. And the fullness of God begins to pour over and in and through us. And we are stunned and in awe of him. And that's where it comes from. It starts with, Lord, you've got me. I'm all yours. On my knees change me. Holy Spirit, take over. What do you need different? Transform me. Romans 12 too, right? Change me now and I'm ready to go. And Lord, may I know your love and the depths of who you are in the midst of it. That's the beauty of having an open mind towards him. Hey, you know, true story here. Uh, a lot of homeschooling moms can attest to this, but I was talking to a homeschooling mom. She said she was teaching uh, her child Grammar. And uh can be a little dry, and so they were walking through nouns and verbs and, and pronouns and adjectives and, and how to uh, diagram them, okay? And it wasn't really coming through exactly, and there was some frustration and, and tears and a little bit of hurt. And for those of you who are homeschooling parents, you're like, oh, been there, seen the tears on stuff. And, and it's a great moment of being able to share together, and I'm glad we have the chance. And at the same time, then you go, why am I homeschooling, right? Those kinds of moments. And so they were wrestling through it. But a couple of weeks later, when this child had it nailed and was starting to get it, and the child came back and, and said, well, You'd think they'd say, I, I love grammar, I've learned it. And no, that's not how the story goes. They came back and they said, I love you. You took so much time with me when I wasn't getting it. I love you. Thanks, Mom, for the time you spent helping teach me what I needed to know. Now I get it. Thanks. And I love you. Hey, that's what we're talking about. Spending time with your God 
having him share with you and change you and transform you. And as you walk through it with him at the end of it, as you've gotten it and you've been able to say, oh, I see it now. And now you're able to say, I so love you. I love you, Lord. Thanks for all you're doing in my life. I'm in awe with an open mind. It's a question. Do you want to know Christ and his love? Do you want to know that to the fullest? Well, there's a couple of step process right here. And it starts with just, Lord, I'm ready to be changed. And I want to know you deeply. May I work together with you on whatever needs to be different in my life. That you might get the greater glory. So what are you wrestling with? Are you ready to listen? And just lay it down before him. And say I want my prayer life. To be life altering. Lord I'm ready today. Expectantly to run before you. And say change me. Whatever needs to happen. I want to know you deeply. And richly. And passionately. And powerfully. You're my God. And I'm letting go. Take over. Today's the day and now's the time. Last step. In full trust. So on your knees, with an open mind, in full trust. His limitless, gracious, and glorious power. It's his limitless, gracious, and glorious power. And it's staggering. Okay? His limitless, gracious, and glorious power is staggering. Notice what he says here. Now, connecting word, right? Now, so like, because of what we've just covered, uh, because of what's available to you and the change that can happen in your life where you can experience strengthening that helps you in the inner being, because you can experience knowing him and comprehending him like never before and it even surpasses general human knowledge, because you can get to a point where the fullness of God is in you now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory. Amen? I love this quick doxology right here. It's a great one to memorize. If you're looking for a verse to memorize, start here. What an awesome verse to know. Now to him, that's God, who is able absolutely not limited, to do far more abundantly than all we'd ever ask or think. So I'm just going to stop right now. What are you struggling with today? What is it? Get that list. Have it in your mind. My problem is. Now think. And my solution would be, like, Lord, here's my request. What is it? Get that solution. Got it? Now, God's promise. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think. Far more abundantly. I'm telling you, whatever plan you just came up with, it's got one perspective to it. And God has all perspective. Now entrust him to take it from there to so much bigger. 
like, Lord, I'm putting this problem in your feet, at your feet, and you have it all. I know you can rock me with your solution. Whatever it is you want to do, do it. I'm trusting you now. My solution would be this. And you promise yours is greater. Exceedingly abundantly is what some of your scriptures say, right? Far more abundantly. I'm telling you, way bigger than you could ever imagine. That's God's ability and God's power in your life. Hand it over to him. And get ready to watch him work. Do you know what happens when we see him work like that? Once we're blown away and in awe of all that he's doing, according to the power at work within us, it says, to him be glory. You can't stop talking about him. You can't stop praising him. You can't stop telling other people about him. You wouldn't believe what God was doing this week. And and here's what's been going on. and, And this is what's changing in my life. And I would love for you to get to know him just like this. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly. Everybody just say, unlimited. Unlimited. How big is our God's power? How big is our God's power? Man, that's who we're going to. The God of unlimited power, who can do way more than you could ever ask or think. And our job is one-fold. Give him the glory. Amen? To give him the glory. May God be lifted up in your life. May you glorify him with all you've got. Notice he gives us a little bit of direction. In the church and in Christ through all generations. Like everywhere, in all people, all the time. Amen. Right? Like that's what we're talking about. May God get the glory. To glorify him in the church and in Christ through all generations. Yeah, but how long should it go on for? Forever and ever. Amen. This is the prayer that buckled Paul's knees and dropped him where he stood. Lord, your power is amazing and I'm in awe. Look, Paul's first prayer is in Ephesians 1 and it's that you might know. But this is Paul's second prayer in Ephesians that you might experience his power and it might change you forever. That he might get the glory forever. To God be the glory. So here's my question. Are you ready to meet the almighty God of the universe and have him rock you and alter you for all of eternity that he might get the greater glory? Are you ready? Today's the day to make that decision. Right here and right now, being ready to come before him. Let's just go to him in prayer here for a minute or two. And then we've got a song to sing about bringing God glory. Father God, Lord, we stand in awe before you. We're amazed. We thank you for this passage that so clearly delineates that it's about your Holy Spirit at work in us. It's about you changing us. And as you change us, we start to get it. And as we start to get it, we, we learn more of your love and we lean on your love and we even get it more. And Lord, may we begin to experience that right now, right here. Lord, please touch each and every one in this body and begin that transformation work in the moment. Just take this moment with him.
come before him and thank him and praise him for his power. times where we're saying, Lord, I'm ready. I want to be in, but, and then we're holding on to something. What is it you need to let go of today where you just need to say, and I'm done with this, Lord. I'm opening my hand and letting it go. You've got it. Just lay it before him now. Open-handed. If you need to even do that open hand so you're physically feeling it, give it to him that he might change you. Ask him to do a work that'll stun you. Remember, he promises far more abundantly than you could ever ask or think. Lord, blow me away with what you're going to do in this. May I just watch attentively as you go to work. Trust him. We look expectantly and hopefully to all you're going to do. We're in awe and amazed. May our lives be altered as we come before the God of all power. As we trust in you and lean on you as we're stirred by you. And Lord, we have one prayer. May you get the glory. May you be lifted up. May you be celebrated in this place and as we go out. May you get all the glory. It is to God Almighty, the God of the universe, who gives far more exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. To the God who displays his love and who shares with us, you are awesome. And it is in your mighty name we pray, Lord. Amen.